Well, good afternoon, friends. I hope everybody is doing well. I am uh, uh, glad to be with folks today. This is our, we are doing this um, experiment with taking yesterday's sermon and putting it into a video podcast and then an audio podcast and uh, just trying to figure out different uh, ways to continue to be um, um, connected. So I'm not sure why this is doing this this way. But glad to be with folks today. I'm getting all sorts of interesting uh, experiments with taking yesterday's sermon. Don't know why that just did that. But anyway, there you go. Um, <laughs> technology. Anyway, taking yesterday's sermon and trying to make it a little bit more of a conversational style and and uh, and again, just trying to continue to find ways to connect with folks. Anyway, um, and working out technical difficulties that uh, we uh, are still experimenting around. So anyway, I think we're uh, good now. And uh, so we're going to jump in. Yesterday's conversation uh, in our sermon, I, I was really excited about it. And I'm not sure you know, exactly how it went over, but uh, um, heard good things from people. And uh, so I'm looking forward to sharing a little bit about um, what we talked about yesterday. So the lectionary passage, well, the sermon title yesterday was presence, you know, just presence. And um, so the passage was Luke 24, 36b through 48, lectionary passage. Jesus appears to his disciples. Here we go. While they're talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do you doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet and see that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they are disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. I love that piece. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets, and the Psalms, and they must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And then he said to them, this, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. So when I... Uh, um, read that passage i was thinking about what does it mean to come from life to death and to be resurrected back into life again and it reminded me of a conversation or a, not a conversation of a, uh, a time well spent uh, a few years ago with a good friend of mine adam phillips adam nicholas phillips who's actually now the uh, uh, faith community liaison 
with uh, the U.S. Uh, aid. So kind of a just a great guy who's done a lot of neat things. And anyway, we were enjoying a beautiful day, a bit chilly, windy. I remember that. But it was here in Cincinnati. We were walking through Over the Rhine. This was a few years ago when Over the Rhine was going through a transformation. And um, I remember we were walking, had this conversation, and we noticed there's a guy just you know a few feet in front of us. And all of a sudden, he stopped and collapsed. Um, and, um, uh, and I remember, I mean, it did, Adam and I, we, we were like, oh, my goodness. And there was another guy who uh, came rushing over, and the, the three of us uh, were, were trying to figure out what was going on. So I uh, pulled out my phone and, and uh, called 911, and, uh, and the fire department came, and a police officer came. And, uh, and this is kind of, so Cincinnati I actually knew one of the firefighters. Um, he's a parent of one of my uh, cross-country kids. I used to coach cross-country at Fannytown. And uh, one of my runners, his dad was a Cincinnati fire uh, uh, person. So um, it was uh, just an amazing experience because as soon as the fire department got there, these firefighters and the police officer assessed the situation quickly. They knew what was going on. This guy was seemingly like, I mean, he was, we were thinking he was dead. Um, um, it, was, it didn't seem like he was breathing. And so they quickly administered something to him and he jumped right back into life. They gave him Narcan. Um, he was having a heroin overdose and uh, they assessed it. They apparently, I think they kind of knew him. Um, and uh, when they gave him the Narcan, it was amazing to see him just, uh, uh, just fairly quickly come back to life. As he was coming back to, the uh, uh, police officer said to looked at my uh, friend Adam and I and said, you need to thank these two because they saved your life because they called and we were able to get to you in time. Now they uh, let him go. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure why, but um, I was hoping that maybe they gave him some kind of treatment, but, but it was a moment that was really surreal. Just seeing this guy collapse, seemingly die, or be close to death, and then just come back so quickly. Uh, now, I do remember the look on his face, though. He gave us this weary smile. And I just wondered, man, what, what is this guy's life like? And what's it like now? Now, as a pastor, I've seen folks die. Um, I've been with them in those thin, veiled moments when they pass from life to death. Um, and I've also been around folks that have been in near-death experiences, close to death. But I've never seen someone up until then be that far gone and then come back that fast. It was dis disorienting. It was surreal. Um, and I like that, uh, or not like that story, but I think that story kind of maybe gives a little bit about what the disciples were feeling. Now, we shared last week about the disciples and Thomas and and this theme of peace, and that we really do need peace. And, and the Gospels and our passages this morning, they are looking for peace, right? They're, um, they're looking for um, hope. They're looking for something that they can hang their hat on. They're in a place of disarray, of disillusionment, distress, uh, not knowing exactly what's going on seeing Jesus crucified, dead, and then hearing rumors of him coming back to life and not knowing exactly what that meant. And 
like the passage that we read last week, the disciples are filled with doubt and fear. And so into this, they're hearing this, but they didn't know what to believe or how to uh, make sense of the situation. Things had, uh, they're not as sudden maybe as the guy that, uh, that we encountered over the Rhine, but there was this sense of, 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 of still of, of not knowing how to assess the situation or how to interpret it. Do they believe and, or dare to believe the rumors that were being circulated? And so into that, Jesus appears to them. Again, in Luke's gospel, as well as John's, um, you know, he, he greets them in that midst of that disarray, disappointment, disillusionment, dis whatever, um, greets them with peace. And not just peace as in the absence of dissonance or conflict. I mean, that was all there, but, but peace, a deeper peace that brings reconciliation, justice, and, and a blessing to have life as it was meant to be lived, where there's a, a deeper power at work that enables one to engage the dissonance, engage the doubts, and to trust that there's a deeper sense of presence, of relationship at work. You see, I, I think so many times the church and, and Christianity, we have gone so much to this triumphal Jesus motif and we want to make things you know hunky-dory pie you know by and by pie in the sky kind of faith that you know gives us this escape like oh god will take care of everything and someday we'll be in the great by and by and and, and we look for you know jesus is coming back soon all this stuff to kind of let us off the hook and not deal with the dissonance not deal with conflict not deal with the present moment. And so Jesus comes into this very distressing situation where the disciples are afraid for their very lives, doesn't take them out of it, doesn't deliver them, but gives them peace and presence. So many times folks that say, you know, that put their hope in, 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 in some kind of end time deal just they forget that with god there is no end time god is god god the time is now and we live in that and heaven can start now presence is with us kingdom of god kingdom of heaven reign of god it's all about the presence of god that is with us right now bringing us peace or shalom in order to deal with the situations of life, to be embrace them, to, to confront them, to be present in ourselves and with others and with a God who is present with us. Now, the disciples in that time, they, 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 they thought they were seeing a ghost, didn't they? <laughs> now, it was, again, a surreal experience that they were trying to find something to understand or hang their hat on. It was sudden, and, and, and they were trying to figure it out, trying to to, to make sense of it all. And Jesus says, in effect, no, you're not seeing a ghost. I'm not a cadaver. I'm not a zombie. <laughs> I'm real. I'm resurrected. I'm material that is tangible. You know, uh, my friend Walter Brueggemann talks about um, 
you know, there's all in churches nowadays, and which is, I think is great, you know, to have director of spiritual formation. Actually, I wish we had that here at, in our church at Fleming Road. Uh, I think it's a great thing. But but one of the things that he talks about, it's like, you know, instead of having directors of spiritual formation, we need to have directors of material formation, of materiality, not spirituality. I would think that he would also be for spirituality, but materiality, because because Christianity is tangible. It is real. There is a, a, a Jesus that died a physical death, nail in the coffin, crucified on the tree, humiliated scandalized violence inflicted upon absorbed it and it killed him dead but love wins and he's resurrected and there is a resurrected embodiment uh, a resurrected body if you will jesus somewhere tangible material with the nail scars and the, the, the piercings but real and through the presence of Christ, the universal presence of Christ, that, that sense of, of, of the Christ presence that, that, that goes beyond time. Again, you know, Christ is not Jesus' surname. The Christ presence is something that, that, that denotes uh, uh, the, the universal presence of Jesus, that we are, that this Jesus is somewhere resurrected. And through the presence of Christ, by the power of God's spirit, we are connected to this Jesus. And when this Jesus says peace to those disciples, he's saying peace to us and whatever we're going through, enabling us to have the deeper peace at work to, to, to confront the issues of our lives and the issues of these days. And so he appears to the disciples. And then there's this very sense of the embodiment that's in that moment. Touch the scars. See them. They're still here. I'm healed. I'm in a body. And that body is hungry. <laughs> Feed me. <laughs> What do you have? You know, Jesus went through, like I said, the, the hell of the violence and humiliation of the cross, went through his own doubts and fears and, and before the cross and on the cross, even crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In effect, the worst doubt that you could have, the doubt, even doubting yourself. Like if we believe that God is exhibited through Jesus and that Jesus is part of the three-in-one God, Trinity. And in that moment, God is turning on God's very self. It's God on the cross going, I doubt. And yet there's a deeper power at work because we do know that there is resurrection. We know the story. But we have to put ourselves in that moment on the cross. And we understand that because if we're honest with ourselves, we go through moments where we're like, my God, my God, where are you? You have forsaken me. And we have doubts in who we are. We have doubts in this God. And yet God says, I've gone through that. I know. I'm with you. And all of the mess. Now, friends, I don't know how this works. But Jesus is saying to the disciples and saying to us, I am alive. I believe that there is a resurrected, embodied Jesus somewhere and through the universal presence of Christ, and the power of God's spirit, that we are connected to this embodied, healed, and resurrected Jesus. And so is everyone else in the world. This connection, as we recognize it, as we live in presence with God and with others, will continue to open our minds and hearts 
to an expansive God and a deeper understanding of God's story. And God is up to something more expansive than we could ever imagine. You know, one of the things our church has been going through this elemental leadership team stuff that the Presbyterian Cincinnati has offered to us. Um, even though we're not a Presbyterian church, um, we have a, a shared communion with the Presbyterian church in the UCC. And I'm actually ordained in the Presbyterian church, the PCUSA, and, uh, and I have dual standing with the UCC. Hence why I can pastor a UCC church as well as a PCUSA church. Although I don't do that now, I just pastor a UCC church, which I love because in my neighborhood, that's another story for another day, but it's a beautiful, great place. Love it. And we've been going through this elemental leadership thing that the Presbyterian is doing, and they extended it to us because of my dual standing. Great program. Uh, Dave Workman is our consultant. Uh, and uh, actually, I don't even like that word consultant. He's our friend. Uh, he's my friend. We get together up here at Fibonacci's or Third Eye and have a couple beers and talk about life. I just love the guy. And, uh, and it's just been a wonderful friendship. But anyway, our church is going through this and we have a team of people and they've been listening and hearing and seeing God's vision for this church and their part in it as co-participants and co-creators of what God is doing. And it's been really fantastic. We don't know where it's going to lead us. But one of the things that we're getting caught up into this is that as we're being more and more uh, living into the reality, being connected to this Jesus, this embodied resurrected Jesus, that we are Easter people, if you will, res people of the resurrection, that there's possibility and imagination that nothing in this world, the systems of this world, can take this away from us, is that we are connected to all things and all people through Christ, because Christ is connected to all and is in all, as it says in Colossians 3, a lot of the Bible. And that we are being written into God's story, a new story for us, based on you know, the history that we have here and where we are in our present moment and our relationships and where God is taking us into the future. And it's part of the ever-expanding story of God. We have opportunity after opportunity to, to deliver to this neighborhood, a church, a collection of folks called together, a community that is here for everyone and that's deeply connected to our neighborhood, as well as the other neighborhoods in which church members come from in the larger context of the world. We're working actually on a partnership now with our good friends in Shrewsbury in the, in the UK, and that could be a kind of a fun thing that who knows where that's going to take us, but uh, we're excited about it. Anyway, our gospel story in Luke is also part of the gospel story of Acts, because Luke and Acts were kind of written uh, probably in, in the same, like a two-volume set of one book. Um, but it gives witness to a Jesus who's been preparing his disciples in Acts and then into Luke, or Luke then into Acts, to be witnesses to the world of a new way of living, a way of radical love, a way of uh, inclusion, of meaning, of purpose, of overcoming everything with and through Christ. Jesus is saying that he will deliver on his end as he participates in the flow of God's love. And he invites us 
to participate with them in that, to be part of delivering with them. You know, I tell this to my church all the time. We are the body of Christ. That's amazing. Now, I believe humanity is the body of Christ, but we're a particular part of the body of Christ in this particular neighborhood, along with others. And so God, God's very presence lives within us. We are the body of Christ together. We are called to be co-participants of seeing God's kingdom now. Not some promise of a distant future, but a promise of living in deep love for ourselves, others, and God now. That does take a change of heart. It calls for repentance, as it says in Acts. And as I've shared before, repentance is something that's great. Um, it simply it comes from the Greek word metanoia, which simply means a change of heart, a change of mind. You know, recently, I, was, I never get into, and I shared this in my devotion earlier, um, I got into this discussion with this uh, Baptist church with some of their leaders, all dudes, um, a week or so ago. And, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting conversation. Um, at one point, I, and I didn't call names. I didn't say, share names, but they were calling me every name in the book, it seemed like, at one point, um, which was Okay, I mean, I, actually, I'm grateful for the conversation because it allowed me to go into a different echo chamber. Uh, and even though I came out of the Baptist church uh, growing up, and I love it, great things, and I love these people too. I don't want to say anything bad about it, but um, but it was interesting. At one point, the guy said, "You need you need to repent," and I'm like, "Brother, I repent every single day. <laughs> I have a change of heart, change of mind every single day. That's the mark of growth, maturity." Um, and basically the, the issue that we we're talking about that don't even want to get into it, but um, essentially I shared something about men uh, need to be respectful. <laughs> anyway, um, another story for another day. As we grow, as we go through repentance, as we change, and as we have I know in our church, amazing conversation partners with the local school district of Finneytown, uh, Tacoon Farm right up the street here, uh, other community partners, um, ECI, um, Oasis, Economics of Compassion, Oasis, um, and other churches, other faith communities here in our neighborhood. Um, we are growing, not only through our other's conversation partners. Oh, and also uh, Valley Interfaith, another great partner that's uh, teaching us a lot. These conversation partners have been encouraging and building up community for years. And so is this church. And so as we continue to see all this um, uh, action come together and us growing together, and I believe that as we engage with our neighbors, engage with these other conversation partners, we are in the process of conversion, of repentance, of change, of growth. And it's beautiful to see. They are friends and, and want to be a part of the journey with us. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather work towards something knowing that there are others with me. And I'd like to invite you. I don't know where you are, um, but hey, if you live in London or if you live in Lexington or if you live up in Columbus or, or New York or whatever, partner locally with somebody and then join together and partner with us and others on, on some other big things. Although I would say probably the biggest thing to do is right there locally, right in front of you. 
Let's do this. Let's be persons connected one to another, living in faithful presence with God and live in the peace or the shalom of God with one another and with our neighbors. All right? Amen. Hey, have a great day. I'm excited. I'm going to go hang out with a friend of mine who's our actually our general presbyter here in a little bit. And uh, uh, and uh, I love looking out the window and the beauty of the day. I got to enjoy it this morning. Um, know you're loved. All right. Have a great day. Know that God is with you. The presence of God is with you, bringing peace, giving you the, 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 the deeper peace to deal with whatever is coming your way. And even when you can't deal with it and it's overwhelming and you're wondering if everything is gone and forsaken, there's still love that's at work and love wins. We are Easter people, friends. All right. Peace.